podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, welcome back to another episode of the same old Arsenal podcast. Again, this week, a great title um, for a podcast, considering what we watched on Sunday, the same old Arsenal. Seems we've got our Arsenal back, boys. Seems we've got our Arsenal back. Good evening to you all in the chat. Hope you're all okay. Hope you've all had a good week since the last time you were here. Lots of you in there already. Good evening, good evening, good evening to you all. Judges! How are you doing? Yeah, I'm all good. I'm all good. Could have been better. It's not been a uh, happy new year for us Arsenal fans, has it? It's been a, a horrendous January, really. I'm glad, like, I'll be glad when it's all over, I'll be honest, you know what I mean? So, we've just got another two weeks of now, transfer hell, and then get, you know, get on with it, like, you know. So, it's been, uh, um, I'm going to say, it's been a, a January I thought could happen, but I didn't think it would happen. Dan, how are you? I'm all right, mate. Thank you very much. Great to be on the same old Arsenal when you get results like that at the weekend because it's good therapy. Um, it really is the same old Arsenal. Um, and you know what? I thought I'd be a lot more annoyed when I come on here tonight. Um, but I'm kind of a bit bored of it now, Craig. I've kind of been saying the same down. old thing. We calmed thing, you down so. earlier in the WhatsApp. We, we, we yeah, that's it. That's, 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 the, that's a good way of putting it, I suppose. <laughs> You let me you let me rant on WhatsApp and now I'm all right. <laughs> but I'm good, man. Cheers for having me on as always. Good, mate. You're very, very welcome, Upton. And a man who hasn't been back with us since we've been back on, um, since December, because he's too busy now, although because he's a journalist. Um, Harry, how are you, sir? Yeah, good, man. Good to be back. I've missed the last couple just because... He's had, he's had more appearances than, than Granite Xhaka in this month. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. It's good to be back, man. It's good to be back. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad January's coming to an end as well. I can't wait till the transfer window shuts. So we don't have to talk about that anymore either. And um, like everybody's bored of, of what's going on with the team, I'm bored of the moaning about it. So hopefully we can move past it. Yeah, hopefully we can. But like, you know, I, look, Harry, I'll start with you, actually, because I want to start with you there. Look, we 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 have been, me and you have, have advocated um, Mikhail Arteta on this podcast. You know, we've stuck by him and we, we, you know, we've stuck up for him and this, that and the other. But it's got, I mean, even not, even me now, I'm, you know, after yesterday when I sit back, you can't, I, I've got to have sympathy with the people that, that, that don't think he's good enough. Or I've got to have sympathy with the people that don't want him as manager anymore. Because yesterday was awful, mate, wasn't it? It was awful. You're expecting to see some kind of reaction against the bottom of the league team after getting knocked out of the cup to Liverpool. You know, you're looking for something. Yeah, yeah, you're looking for something. You're looking for the reaction. Of course you are. But this is the, the thing that I think people keep forgetting. We never became a nailed-on contender for the top four overnight. We never were that. When the season started, I looked at the Premier League and I thought that Manchester City, Liverpool and Chelsea were in a league of their own. So that's three of those positions gone. And I expected Manchester United to be the fourth place side. And I expected them to, to achieve that quite comfortably. Circumstance has led to us believing that Arsenal now have a chance of finishing in the top four, as opposed to Arsenal improving that much. That's the difference. This renewed belief about where Arsenal are at and where we can finish. Although we, we see the team is progressing in some ways, a lot of that is because of the circumstances around us. And we have to remember that. And when we have results like we did yesterday, we have to remember that this team are not there yet. And that's going to happen. Mikel Arteta gets all the criticism. And, and the manager is ultimately responsible for results. I get that. But I've I've, I've heard loads of people today talking about how he got it tactically wrong. I've heard people talking about how he picked the wrong team. He didn't have a bloody choice in the team he picked, Craig. Mm. He did not have a choice in the team he picked yesterday because we are so short on personnel. He picks the team he picks. People keep talking about Arsenal getting in wide areas and putting the ball into the box. Based on what you saw at the back end of last year, do you believe 
that Mikel Arteta sets aside out to go and create chances from crossing the ball in the box? Because I don't believe that for a second. That wasn't what we saw. We saw players beating their men, getting to the byline and cutting the ball back where possible. But we weren't lumping aimless crosses into the box. That's what players do when when they have run out of ideas. That's what players do when they're not having any joy. It's the panic mode. It's, right, I'm in this position, got to get the ball in the box. We need a goal, got to work it into the penalty area. The other big thing and the other debate that people would say is, you know, we've left ourselves short and we have. But do you believe that that's down to Mikel Arteta that we've left ourselves short in the sense of, do you think in an ideal world he wants to be in a place where his squad is is thin? I don't for a second. I think what's happened, and, and this is based on some conversations sort of I've had with people um, that I work with that are a lot more linked up than I am. I'm not claiming to be an ITK, not in any way, shape or form. But I've I've got the impression that in order for Arsenal to move forward in terms of recruiting more players and bringing in the big name targets that we've been linked with, it's been made pretty clear to Mikel Arteta and Edu that the wage bill needs trimming further. And that's why they've secured deals. To, to, that's why they've cut Ser Kalasinac's contract and allowed him to go. That's why Maitland-Niles has gone out on loan, because he was unhappy, but also they want somebody else to pick up some of his wages. It's why Pablo Marie has gone out on loan, a player that we're not playing, not using, taking up resource. So all of these things are, are part of what needs to happen to bring players in. And that goes back to the owners. That goes back to the owners not being willing to put their hands in their pockets and change the way we operate. We're a self-sustaining football club and this is the way we're going to be run, whether you like it or not. So all I would say is this team are not, for me, at the level where they're nailed on for the top four. Yet we're in the race for the top four at the end of January. A top six finish is what Arsenal should be achieving. And I will agree with the guys that if we don't finish in the top six, we can ask serious questions about this manager and we can have the debate and we can have the discussion. But I'm just sick and tired of the moaning. Do, do, does anyone in their heart of hearts believe that this Arsenal side are flawless and that we're not going to drop points in the Premier League? No. So no. why would we do drop points? No. Is the reaction so crazy? Let's have a meltdown when Arsenal miss out on the top top six. And if you want to have a meltdown about missing out on the top four, if that's what happens, you can have a meltdown about that as well. But let's not have meltdowns in January. We don't have to have 38 meltdowns a season. And, and it's driving me crazy. It's draining. It's boring. It's turned the job that I, I love into a slog every day, having to bat off nonsense from people. It's, it, to me, it's, it's driving me crazy and I'm fed up of it. I start with a question there for Harry, but I'll go to the polar opposite then and come to Dan and, Dan and Lee. We'll start with Lee. Like what Harry says there, we all, you know, we all sat here at the beginning of the season and we said that we didn't think that we'd get top four, you know, and if we got top four, it'd be a massive result, you know, great, back in the Champions League. So why is it that people keep saying, like, like yesterday, a lot of people were saying, that's it, season over. The season's far from over. We've had one bad result, I get that. Yes, sorry, well, not one bad result, but one bad result yesterday, I get that, has harpered a top four finish. But we're two points off the top with 17 games to go. Why are people saying that the season's over now, Lee? Um, because they can see what's coming, the inconsistencies of it all. Um, you know, I'll take on Harry's points. Um, uh, and, and some of them I agree with and some of them I don't. You know, uh, what, I, what I say, let's go on yesterday's game. You know, I don't think it's desperation in the last 10 minutes to change things up, chuck some strikers on and things like that. I've, I watched uh, Man United do it against West Ham the day before. He chucked they, the uh, striker we've got on. <laughs> well, well, that, that's right. We, we did. You know, could have put Balligan on. Oh, no, he's gone out on loan. You know what I mean? Like, what about chucking, chucking the centre-half up front for five, ten minutes? When you say you're lacking um, ideas and all that, I, I, I think after 20 minutes when centre-halves have got the ball and they're, they're standing on the ball and not and not moving it around, it's lacking ideas as well because there was no, um, what would I say, like inventive to break down a team. They, they're clueless. It was it become clueless of how to break it down. What I, what I see yesterday was two... Our two wide players, who I think have been fantastic, that was our ways. That's been our way in the last couple of games. 
Sandice, uh, she could have been Sandice, you know what I mean, Shondice, uh, but uh, put two banks of two up and we couldn't get around them. And like, we wasn't, we wasn't able to do anything different. And we kept trying it and trying it and trying it. And then, then when we did get through on the, on, on, on the side, oh, they put in about two or three crosses out of 66, mostly from Tierney. And there's no one in there. Now I look, I look at, I look at things, and and I, I'm, I'm gonna. I, 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 this is not all on Mikel Arteta. I agree with what uh, what Harry said. If, if, and it is a big if, and I'm going to say this because I said this yesterday. If uh, Eddie comes on and scores a, t- a header from a yard against Everton, we win that game. If yep. he comes on and scores a, a, from a, a header from a yard against Nottingham Forest, we're still in the cup. If Lacazette takes his chance against Liverpool. Maybe we're still in the, the league cup. And if Lacazette scores an open goal um, yesterday, we win that game 1-0. So it's fine lines between success and failure as a manager. And so I, I'm not really going to go too much into him at the moment. Like, you know, he is never, ever going to be successful. And we will be here for as many moons as you like until he gets the proper centre forward that he needs. And when I hear people turning around and going, it's a process of five years. Well, in five years' time, he might well get the centre-forward that he needs. But I can guarantee you this now, Saka, Martinelli and uh, Smith-Rowe won't be there. And then the cycle goes on and on again. And that is the problem that we have. Now, I look at it, I look at it and, um, and, and Harry's right when he's saying this. Everybody, everybody, whether it be Chelsea, Manchester City, Tottenham will always have one of these games when you can't break a team down. It happens. I think uh, Chelsea have beaten uh, Chelsea drew with Burnley early on in the season, so it does happen. It's a frustrating thing. It happens to most teams. It actually happens even when we was in the Invincibles, Portsmouth at home. I can remember, like you know. So let's, let's, so we don't want to go too too mad on those sort of things there. Like, and we lose you know. at home to Charlton as well. I think we lost to Charlton. Yeah, I think we did like four no, two. Sorry, Drew, 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 not lost. I, thought, I remember losing to Charlton one time. Yeah, that was, was a, around that time. Anyway, two thousand and two, wasn't it? Two thousand and two. Yeah. Well, what really gets my go about a couple of things, and one one thing that I'm going to say now is top four in my eyes wasn't available at the beginning of the season when Man United done that. Like you know, uh, when the when Man United signed their players, but the door has been a, left ajar because of Man United's. Um, incompetence this season. So you've got to be able to say, right, okay, there's an opportunity. Oh, well, all right, well we wasn't going to get it anyway, so we don't, we don't need it now. You know what I mean? And, and, and I'll get the people with Harry, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't know if Harry's one of these. We lose to Nottingham Forest, right? A championship winning side. And all I hear is, oh, it ain't the end of the world. Top four is the priority. Top four is what we want to go for. And then when we lose, when we don't beat Burnley, Top six is the priority. Like we're not, we're not going to get top four. Like you know what I mean. Like that's what really gets on my go. You know what I mean. If we're not in the race for top four, let's make sure that we win the cups or get into cup finals and things like that. But now we're tossing them aside, and then like you know, oh top four I ain't going to happen now. Like there is still a chance for top four, right? There still is a chance for top four. And I'm going to tell you this now, as I'm sitting here, Arsenal with the players that they've got, will get top four if they get the proper striker that he needs to play that football. Now, if he doesn't, they will not get top four. You might as well pack up, pack up, get your sun cream and go on holiday because it ain't happening. It's not happening because we're going to get more performances like that when you can't break teams down. Now, for me, it is on Arteta, it's on Edu, and it's on the ball now what they really want. And and that's it. It's as simple as that now, like, you know. Do do we want to be a team that's going to be challenging for top four and, and further, or do we want to be the best shirt sellers in, in the Premier League? Yeah. Look, both of your you know, both of your answers are fantastic. You know, both of the you can you know, there's stuff I agree with Harry with, there's stuff I don't agree with Harry with, there's stuff I agree with you and stuff I don't. Dan. No, I'll come to I'll come to you with the same question. You know, we all know that you've 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 advocated um, that you don't want Mikel Arteta to be here from the very start. And fair play to you, you know, you've you've always stood by that. 
But then, like me and Harry have always, you know, we've always stood by him um, in thinking that, you know, perhaps, perhaps we can do something. Now, top four what's is definitely not. Wetty, by the way, <laughs> what's a wetty is? What's that? Harry's not like being a, a wetty. What's a, what's a wetty? I like what is a wetty? No idea. <laughs> a wetty. A wetty, a wet blanket, a wetty. I don't know. I'm not heard of it. Take off, Harry. I'm up for like. But anyway, carry on. Yeah, top four is definitely not off, Dan. And look, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed like you and Lee about yesterday. I'm disappointed we're out of the cup. I'm actually sitting here now, you know, thinking. I should have a bit more sympathy with people that want Arteta to go because I can see why they want him to go. But at the end of the day, I'm always going to come back to the fact that the ch- that we we could still get it. If this is football. We can beat anyone. We can lose to anyone, and especially in 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 the Premier League. So I agree with Harry, and I know we said it last year. And when do we stop saying it? Oh, we'll judge him in May. We'll judge him in May. When does that come to an end? But two points away with 17 games to go with a game in hand. It's not looking too shabby, Dan, is it? Um, the reason I'm going to say it is looking pretty pretty bleak is because I disagree. One thing that Lee said, everything else I thought was pretty much spot on. Um, I don't think we're going to get top four if we, even if we sign Vlavic, um, personally, because I don't think that the manager's good enough. Um, and I stood by that, and I still stand by it. I do. I, I think even I, I think he's proven to me he can't score goals with Aubameyang, Pepe, Lacazette, Eddie, or Balogun. So it might be the case that we get Vlahovic and we're still struggling to score. We won't know until we get that striker in. I'd like to see us get a centre forward, <laughs> like most other Arsenal fans would, because I think it's clear that we need one. I'd like to see us get a centre midfield. My issues are not because of yesterday's result. Um, my issues go much further than yesterday. So I know there are sections of the fan base that do flip-flop, like Harry says, and say, well, hey, we're going to win the title. Oh, he needs to be sacked. And every time we lose or draw or get a terrible result, there are fans that have knee-jerk reactions and want him out. So I totally sympathise with what Harry's saying there. My respect that I have for all opinions and all the fan base at Arsenal is that if you have an opinion about Mikel Arteta and you've been consistent with it, I have a lot more respect for you. If you have an opinion that Mikel Arteta is actually the right guy and it's going to take some time and this process is going to take six years, but I'm willing to stay six years without winning anything because in six years' time, when all of those youngsters are 27, 28, we'll be able to win a title. If that's what you honestly believe, Back that up to me, I'll respect that and say fair play. If that's what you're happy with, you're not going to complain about coming 8th every year. My opinion is completely different to that. I don't want to be coming 8th every year and accepting that because that for me is not what I demand. I demand the best. And I'm disappointed when we come 4th because there's three teams ahead of me. Call me spoilt, I don't care. <laughs> that's how I grew up and that's what I want. When I went to the Emirates, I was told that we were going to compete with the big boys and we built into this process and this project. The reason I haven't bought into this process is because stuff keeps happening like yesterday. And piled on top of inconsistent results is ill discipline. And piled on top of ill discipline is lack of experience. Piled on top of lack of experience is inconsistency. And piled on top of inconsistency is incompetence within the transfer window. And that's what we're seeing right now. The January month has been one of the worst in Arteta and Edu's together history so far Arsenal. Because they have left us depleted. And I have nothing against any of the players that they've let go. I'd happily let them walk out the door. Even Maitland-Niles. Yeah? But what have we done to get anybody in? If we had to get those rid of those players, yeah, to get the wage bill down, why are we doing it with a week left? <laughs> that is just I sheer mean, incompetence. Just, because I agree with you, mate. I really do. I agree with you, to- but I totally agree. You can't not disagree with him, Parry. That You can't let as many players walk out the door if we have and not bring anyone in. No, you, you, you can't you do can't. that. You no. can't. And I completely agree that we yeah. left ourselves short. But it's a gamble that they've taken in order to try and bring players in. And we're only going to know on the 31st of January. We are. Well, I'm looking, at a, I'm looking at a tweet here from Fabrizio uh, Romano. And it says, yes, we have... Um, this is Juventus. Sorry, the Fiorentina director saying, yes, we've received important bids on Vlaovic in January. We're open to sell, but we've never received any answer from his agents. Um, the reporter then asked Juventus, um, and the fella says, our doors are open. We wait for, we wait for the player to decide 
but we need an answer. So Can I just come in on that, Craig? Six, six, I... minutes, six minutes ago. So we ain't signing this, lad. I don't no, care what anyone I, I, says. I just want to come in on that because I, I yeah. don't think we will either, Craig. I don't think no. we will sign Vlavic. Um, I think he wants to go to a big boy in the summer and unfortunately Arsenal aren't the big boys uh, anymore. So if that's the case and we can't get Vlavic, who we clearly want, I think it's clear that I don't have any in the nose, but I believe that the rumours are true that we are interested in the player. Um we need to look at other targets and I believe we'll get a striker and I believe we'll get a centre midfielder in the next eight days or seven days. Is it Harry? Seven or eight days? I don't know. <laughs> Whenever it is, right? We will get two players. I 100% believe that we will get two players. But it's too late now mm. because I really, really thought that we could have done something against Liverpool over two legs with those couple of players. I really believed that with a Vlavic over the line or an Alexander Izak or even one of the Premier League strikers that are doing well in Tony or Watkins or Calvert-Lewin, whoever people want to throw at me. I believe with a centre-forward, we would have had a better chance than throwing Eddie Inketia on or Beref on the bench. I believe with a centre-midfielder, we would have not had to drop Martin Erdegaard or play one of the others with Lokonga, whether it be Patino, Ben White, Chambers that people were saying. We needed those two players in to give us a chance of competing in the FA Cup, which is all what we love. I don't care what anyone's saying. Oh, I don't care you're out. Bollocks. You're not an Arsenal fan if you care you're out of the FA Cup. Mm. And the Carling Cup was there for us. I always call it the Carling Cup. Carabao Cup, sorry. It was always there for us over two legs. Once we got that amazing result, um, which none of us expected after Chaka got a red card, we could have brought that to the Emirates and they all looked knackered and we were depleted. Mm. And that, for me, is on Mikel Arteta and Edu. And people will say it's not Arteta who gets in the play. Players. Well, why does everyone praise him for the Tommy Asu and Ramsdale signing then? We don't praise Edu. Nobody, I've not heard anybody say, wow, Edu did an unbelievable job there. Nothing to do with Mikel. He's got the right person behind him there, hasn't he? So how is it now not Arteta? It's just Edu. We need to be consistent with what we're saying here. We need to understand that the team, I believe, from what everyone keeps telling me, is Mikel Arteta and Edu. So both of them are looking at the players they want together and they're going. That's what I've been told. It might be wrong. It might just be Mikel has nothing to do with it. I'm just concentrating on the pitch. Edu, you bring the players to me. I don't care who they are. I will coach them. If that's what it is, then I'll stand corrected. But I was told that Tommy Asu and Ben White and, and Aaron Ramsdale were players that Mikel Arteta and Edu wanted to and if that's not the case, I'm happy to stand corrected. But you can't give one of them praise. And just because it's Mikel, we want to protect him. Oh, it's nothing to do with Mikel. He wants these players. Eddie just won't get him, go and get him for him. If that's the case, I'll stand corrected. And the last thing I'll say also on this is we need to look at the position of everyone else around us right now and look at what's realistic. Don't care about the start of the season. That was ages ago. Let's look at now. Where are we now? We can get seventh or eighth if Wolves beat us, <laughs> or we can get top four. Now, we're in a position to do two, one thing and one thing only in the next eight, eight days if we want to get top four. And that's get not just Arta over the line, let's get two or three players in that can help bolster our squad so that when the players come back from Africa and suspension, we are stronger again for those remaining 16 games it will be, or whatever it be, 15 games. So that's what we need to do now in the next seven or eight days. Forget January, it's done, it's gone. We've got a nice break now and they all deserve a lovely trip to Dubai. Not, um, And then we're going to go out there and, and, and look at who we can sign in the next eight days. If that's what they seriously want to do, top four, prove it. Raise the standards of the football club and have eight days of transfers now, please. Sorry, Lee, you've got your hand up. Look patiently, look, he's patiently yeah, he's, waiting. He's been very patient, to be fair. Mr Judges. What, what I'm saying on the transfer, I don't know if anybody agrees with me, I don't give a flying F what Fabio has got to say and everything like that. Like No one really knows. I remember, I remember... Fabio? Who's Fabio? Fabrizio, Fabrizio. Listen, he's got things wrong before in his life. Like I've just got his name wrong. That's my point, right, at the end of it. Like yeah, What I'm saying is, I remember when... We were signing Gabriel. Oh, no, uh, another team's coming. He's going to go so and so and so and so. No one knows exactly what's going on like, until it happens. So as far as I'm concerned, I don't get, I don't, I just switch off from it all because at the end of the day, no one knows. All I'm saying is that Arsenal are in for Vlerovic. There's no two ways about that. And let's see how it pans out. Now, if they don't get him, I've just seen, and you know, but they could go for Jolovic, really, or someone like that. They need a couple of strikers, by the way, not just one. They need two. They need three, right? So, at the end of it, get them in. I don't think it's 
whatever happened will, will, will what will be will be okay from from that point of view like and, and I, I'm gonna say it now I think that they will get him because they've been chasing him for a lot longer than any other team and I, I I think at the end of the day it suits all parties but we'll wait and see if Arsenal have chased him for 26 days and at the end of it they've had no indication that they've that they're, they're going to get him then then they're after uh, hold their hands up and say that they got this wrong. But when it comes to the transfers in the in the summer, they got they got them right, as far as I'm concerned. What will happen in January will wipe all of that out if they don't get this right because they've they've completely messed up from the from bringing in loan signings and whatever. If if you're going to let Maitland Niles go, you know then then let him go. I've watched Ben White play at, cent, at right, central defender playing at right back when we've had Maitland-Niles, who can play right back, sitting on the bench or not being involved in the last couple of weeks. And, you know, we could have actually said, right, uh, Mr. Maitland-Niles, you're playing today, you're playing against Forest, you're playing against... Uh, soon as those games are over, like now it is, Burnley's out now, finished. We ain't got a game now for two weeks. Off you go to Rome. Have another lovely trip. It don't work it like that, though, Matt. Football doesn't work like that. It doesn't, uh, doesn't like it? That. It seems to be working with uh, working with Juventus. It, it you know doesn't what I mean? Work we, like that. we get someone in, like you know what I mean, Harry. It does work like that. Don't tell me it don't work like that when he's your player. You know what I mean? No, like, no, but, so, okay, so let, let's let's put some context because everybody keeps avoiding all the context with regards to the Ainsley, Ainsley Maitland Niles transfer. Mikel Arteta has come out and spoken about it. Right? I, I don't know how much clearer it can be. He's come out and he said that when he spoke with Maitland Niles in the summer about him staying at the club there was a, they had a discussion they had a chat and the agreement was that if by december maitland niles was not happy if an offer came in for him arsenal would entertain it arsenal would allow the player to leave that was because he had given them that extra time because they didn't want to lose him so you got to give something back to players a little bit as well right i, I don't agree with us leaving ourselves short but roma came in and said, we want Maitland-Niles and we want him now or we're going to go and look elsewhere. Now, you're Maitland-Niles and you have sat on the bench patiently all this time and you've had this agreement in place with Mikel Arteta. Are, are we saying that Mikel Arteta should have gone back on that and said, sorry, you're not going now and risked scuppering the whole deal, which would leave Ainsley Maitland-Niles in the shit, but also leave Arsenal in the shit with an unhappy player? You know, we're talking about the right-back position. We've got Chambers and Cedric, who were just unfortunately both injured at the same time. That's but Harry, if that was the agreement, the if that was the agreement and we knew he was going, what the hell have we not got somebody in for then? This is what I don't understand. I understand if that was the agreement. I didn't know that was the agreement, mm -hmm. right? So if the agreement was you're going to probably go in the January transfer window quite early on, Edu, we need to get someone in. We've got everyone in Africa. What are we doing about replacing him? That's incompetence, mate. Incompetence. No, I, I agree with the bringing of players in. But the, the, the point I was going to get to is that bringing players in is, again, not always in your hands. Just like we had to let Maitland-Niles go at a time that wasn't ideal for us to allow that deal to happen. When you're going out and trying to sign players, there's so many factors that you have to think about. First of all... Do what Roma did then. Yeah, but it, it, this is differently because we've been in a position or we are in a position where we're short and we're looking for players to come in. Yet at the same time, for the last two years, we've been bemoaning all the bad signings that we made as short-term stop gaps and how we've struggled to get rid of them. So, so now we're in a place where I don't want to see Arsenal. Like now, it's the twenty-fourth of January. Okay, we don't play again. Exactly, we're not playing again now until February. By which, Partey, Xhaka, El Neni. And Lukonga will be our four central midfielders to play in two positions. So we, don't, we, we don't really need a midfield player. No, I get exactly. that. We're not in Europe. We're not in the cup. So rather than going out and now going and committing to an 18-month loan deal on our tour that we don't know is, is the right thing, and then having an obligation to buy or whatever it is the clause that they want inserted in, 
I don't want us to tie up the, the money that we And that was my point, Harry. Like it's that. too late now. The damage is done. We're out of everything now. It's too late. We needed that midfielder against Forest and against Liverpool and potentially against Spurs, which didn't actually happen, and that striker. So now, we could, like Lee said, we could wait to the end, end, end of the window if we want. End day. It doesn't matter. We don't, have to, we don't have to get anybody in now until the 31st or the 1st of February whenever it closes. We don't. The damage is already done. And that was my problem was we've now been dumped out of everything. And I say everything. I didn't expect to, to you know, as you say, you don't have God given right to win both of those trophies. But I believed, personally, we could have got to the final because Liverpool had a couple of their best players out and Nottingham Forest, we should be beating them. I don't care what anybody says. Good side, we should have been beating them. But we didn't have the players because we were left short. And that's my biggest my biggest qualm. Yeah, the, the other thing you've got to say on this, like, is, you know, I mean, like, you know, talk to Ainsley and say to him, look, you know, you've got a chance to play three or four games for Arsenal now. Like, you know what I mean? That's what, that's what he wants to do. Talk to him. So to, and, and if Roma don't come in for him, I'll make sure that there's somebody else down the line or something. I don't know, but you know what I mean? And then but after now, we don't need Ainsley no more. Like, we've got the four midfield players back. I totally agree with what Harry's saying. I don't want to see a lone move for, for Arthur now or, or a midfield player. We are, we're, we're sorted in our midfield now. With one game a week, it's, it's going to be Shaka and Partey. You know, and the other two backing it up, like you know what I mean. But it wouldn't be surprised if Elneny pops off at the end by the end of the transfer window. Like you know, it wouldn't surprise me. Leave ourselves, but we have left ourselves short in what was a very, very crucial point of the season. We should still be in the FA Cup. We should. I'm not. I'm not saying about the League Cup, but the League Cup through lack of discipline and everything else cost us as well. You know what I mean? I look at it and go, you know, right. Also, Mikel's got to realise. You know what I mean? That. Uh, that Granite is not the uh, the 100% person to rely on, you know, every time and all that. It can let you down. I'm not having a go at him for saying that, but you know that he can. So you need to get cover in there. I just feel that we've was we, we we've absolutely bashed ourselves, you know, kicked ourselves in the foot, whatever, like, with, with what we've done in this transfer window. And I agree now with Harry. We don't need a midfield player. Everything's got to be chucked in to, to get in this centre forward, whoever it is now, like, you know. And I think they will. I hope you're right because I'd love to see him turn up here. I really would, but I don't think he's going to. I think I think his agent and that player has have played us for fools in, in, in a look for, for, for a bigger for a bigger deal for themselves. Um and I, I can't see him coming to Arsenal, and that's just how I feel about it. We have been linked um today quite heavily with uh, Alexander Isaac is, is it Isaac? Isaac Alexander Isaac, yeah. Isaac, um, who I, I'm not going to pretend who I know who he is because I don't. I've yes, I've seen him play international football, um, but I haven't. You know, I don't know who he is. Are we were linked with him, and I think that we were. You know, again, just paper talk. I think I see someone linking us with uh, Dominic Calvert Lewin as well. Out of those two, got more links uh, in the chain. Pardon? We've had more links in the chain. More links than the chain. That's a good one, that. Thank you very much. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. <laughs> Ridiculous. More links than a chain. Just in case I go on any more podcasts during the week, I can use that. Thank you very much, Craig. I don't um, want to nick it now. I want to <laughs> Does this worry anyone then? I was reading Arsenal.com um, before, we, before we came on. And uh, the question was put, to Mikel Arteta, are bringing anyone in? He said, the problem is that signings, the signings that we need um, must take us to the new level, which I don't quite understand that because isn't that the whole point of bringing someone in? Every manager needs to bring in players that are better than what they've already got. That's the whole point of it, isn't it? Um, but the worrying bit for me is, he goes on to say, but I don't know if we're going to be able to do it. Um, so, Harry, <laughs> does that worry you a little bit? Sorry, you cut out for me a little bit there, Craig. Just say oh, that. No, sorry. Well, basically, yeah. what I'm saying is, um, Mikhail Arteta was asked the question, are we bringing anyone in? Um, and his answer was that we, we need to bring in players that are obviously better than what we've got. And then the second bit was, uh, but he doesn't know whether we're going to be able to do it. Yeah, because in order to, to bring in high-quality players, you have to spend big money. And this just reiterates the point that this is not all on him. You know, what manager in world football doesn't want to be able to go out and bring in the best players? Mm. Like, I mean, you watch Mikel Arteta on the sidelines and uh, whether you think he's the right man or, or he's a good manager or not is a completely different thing. Nobody could tell me that he doesn't care. Nobody can no, tell me that he doesn't want to win. And, and on that basis, you have to assume that he wants to get the best players in. 
on the one hand, we're moaning about the club going out and being crap in the transfer market. And on the other hand, we're complaining when deals take a while because we're aiming for the top. At the end of the day, Arsenal are not in the Champions League. Arsenal are not even in the Europa League. And so it's only natural that in order to get the best talents, we're going to have to do a hell of a lot of convincing because we're not there yet. We're basically selling a project or a dream to someone that isn't yet a reality. And that's not easy to do. Um, add to that, you have to make the financial commitment. And obviously, Arsenal made some big financial commitments in the summer. Um, and I'm not sure that we're in a position where it's going to be really easy to do that again in January. This striker talk, I tell you now, would not be happening if the Aubameyang incident didn't take place. In my opinion, the the the, the plan to bring in a striker was something that we were going to do in the summer. That was on the list for the summer. But that's bit, had to be accelerated now because of what's gone on with Aubameyang. But equally, I don't make the club wrong for disciplining Aubameyang. You know, if you want to change the culture, you've got to take tough decisions. And he's obviously stepped over the line on multiple occasions. So, yeah, I am worried that we're not going to be able to get the deals done that we need and that we want. But all I am saying is hold your horses on the meltdown about it until the transfer window is closed. As we've just said with the midfielder, it doesn't make a difference if they join tomorrow or next week because we, you know, that's the, the situation we're in. We haven't got any games for a while now. So let's just um, let's just hope that the club can get something over the line. You know, him saying that we might not be able to do it, that for me, reading between the lines is we might not be able to afford it. And that mm. is at the door of the owners. Well, I mean, especially when you're looking at this lad, um, this Alexander Isik, uh, 77 million um, is a price that's been uh, that's been quoted. Uh, Lee, for a player that we don't know much about, um, 77. I mean, 77 million pounds is a lot of money, isn't it? Yeah, it's a lot of money. But when you got when you buy him strikers, that's what you're going to re- that's that's what you're going to be looking around. Like. He's not the centre forward we want, by the way. I've watched him a few times. We want someone that's big and strong, holds up the play a little bit like Lacazette, and then has the pace uh, uh, of of an Abamyang. Uh, you know, what I've seen of him is more a little bit more like like a Bamiang sort of type player, like you know. And I don't think we need that. We need a we need a proper centre forward and they're not easy to get hold of they're not a, we need a Calvin Lewin or uh Marlovich or someone like that someone that's going to also help in crosses you know uh put in crosses ultimately though as, as Dan said like you know if Tierney plays like he did yesterday it don't matter if you, who you got in there because like, you know what I mean crosses were, were, were sh- shambolic yeah you know what I mean so you've, you've, you've the quality's got her up as well like you know and, and I feel that you know I had a good question when someone said to me yesterday, like, you know, um, well, you know, you're only going to get two, what what are you going to get to top four? Well, what are you going to, what what players are you going to out and what players are you going to get in to to really put in a serious challenge for the title? A real, you know, and I'm thinking, well, well, I don't think we need that much. I think we've got very, very good young players, but they've got to, they've got to be made better players. And that's when Mikel's going to come into, to, to, to focus as far as I'm concerned. Get him the right centre forward, and then I expect us to be um, playing a lot better football and a lot um, and, and making more results. Right, and listen, I don't care what anybody says. I've played in teams when you're playing not very well and you're winning one and two nil because you the ball goes across, your centre forward scores, it covers up a thousand sins. It really does. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden you think hey, you walk in a dressing room, you think, how the hell have I won? How have we won that game? Because we've we've been up, we've been under the cosh, but your centre forward's gone and banged in two goals from two two shots from two two goals. When I look at Lacazette, yes, sir, I pause. We was playing against Liverpool, fantastic ball through. He's got to you know bang that in, and all of a sudden the game changes. It's a shift. It's it's a game changer. That is what we need now. A game changer in that in that final third. I looked at that game yesterday, and let's let's, let's be honest about it. It was poor to watch, you know. What I mean? And that, that's what I think a lot of people are getting. I, I'm getting, I'm getting fed up with Mikel. No, I'm not going to say because, because I know that he needs that centre forward. I know that, and I think to myself, if he gets that, it could be different. But some of our performances have been absolutely woeful. That performance yesterday was woeful to watch. It was boring. It was stagnant. It was terrible. It weren't that long ago the one against Everton. You know what I mean? Like these things, he's got to 
get whether you've got good and we've got exciting young players, Craig, as well. Like mm-hmm. we cannot be putting in performances like that on a regular basis. I'm not saying, you know, I, I would I'd like to see us go hell, you know, listen, no one's moaning. No one's moaning when we lost to Manchester City. We didn't look we didn't lose yesterday, right? By the way. We got more points yesterday than we did against Manchester, but it was the way that we went about it, the way we lost. You know what I mean? That yesterday is not one is not what I want to see from from Arsenal. And this is two, three years down the line. I get that you should get one or two of them a season, but we're getting five, six, seven of them. Not good enough. Hmm. No, it's not. You know, if you want to get, you know, if you do want to qualify for being top four, you know, they're the games. They're the games you've got to win. I'm, I'm pretty sure everyone understands that. And I'm one of them. It was rubbish yesterday. It was, you know, and there was nowhere. There was nowhere for the players to hide, and I suppose if you like, the manager picks those players, so that's where the buck stops, you know. Um, so, I don't think it's all on Mikel Arteta yesterday. I think the players were, were very poor. Um, I'm starting to get a little bit worried about Ben White, if I'm honest. Can I, um, can I just say one question, Craig? I want to say yeah. one question. This is another thing about Mikel. I forgot to say this yesterday, like you know, Tierney was having a shocker. Didn't get dragged off though, did he? No, yeah, very true. Mahrez did, you know what I mean? Like that is where I look at Arteta and I go, that is bad management. What you've done at Nottingham Forest because now, why didn't you do it again? Like, he was awful. Yeah, like, I'm a big TNE fan, like you know what I mean. But like you know, because he don't wear a tracksuit top, let's make him captain. Oh, like you know what I mean? Like you know, don't wear gloves. Let's give him the armband. No, do your job properly. He was awful yesterday, absolutely awful. But he stayed on the pitch for ninety minutes. Those are little things that bug me. Well, little things that bug you are sometimes things I don't notice <laughs> or, or forget, should I say. Um, yes, Tierney was bad, but yeah, you, you know, I've kind of forgotten about what he'd done to Javares, and it's a massively, massively great point. Um, Dan, would you agree with that? Yeah, I think he's uh, mismanaged players. I've said it before, is quite a few actually. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen a manager fall out with so many players in two years. It's eight now, isn't it? It's like goes right from Ozil all the way down to Aubameyang and there's been loads in between as well that have either fallen out with him or that have had to come out and apologise or that have had problems with discipline. I think it's but just part, that, of, learn, part of learning on the job, I think, is what's happening. Is he made isn't mistakes, that something we've players. always wanted? Isn't that something we've always wanted as an Arsenal manager? You Depends know, what they've in... done, Craig. Depends what they've no. done. I think so. With Aubameyang, certainly. I think with Ozil, certainly. But I don't like the way he treated Tavares, um, personally. I think that's poor. Um, I don't like the way that at times he's treated Pepe and bombed him out the side. Um, don't like what he's done with Maitland-Niles. Don't like what he's done with Lukonga at times. I think that I feel really, I feel really sorry for him at the moment, actually, Sammy Lukonga, because he's been left on his own there and he's going to look poor. Um, he's a young lad. He's 21. He's got no one alongside him. The other players around him keep getting sent off. So um, he's been left in there on his own. And I, I think he deserves a little bit more credit that I'm seeing. I don't think he's as good as Matteo Guendouzi, personally. Um, <clears throat> so I don't see an upgrade in that position from him. But I certainly believe that there's parts of his game that I think are good. I like his forward passing. Um, so I think he's mismanaged some players. I don't know what the Tavares thing we've we've talked about, and I don't get it. And Lee makes a great point. He's not done it with any other players, so we'll we'll, we'll see what he's done there. Depends what they've done wrong is my answer to that. Um, as for what we still need, I think there was stuff he could have done yesterday. Very limited with options on the bench. Very very limited, and we've spoken about why that is. Um, I wouldn't mind. Uh, I wouldn't have minded. Sorry to see uh, Chambers come on and give Ben White a go in the middle to try and get somebody on the ball there, allow Odegaard to push forward. I thought you could have tried that. Um, I think maybe a formation change. One thing I didn't really understand was why we didn't have space with Lacazette and Odegaard more, whether that was them playing badly or whether that was just tactically. I wasn't sure. And the reason I say those two players is because every time Martinelli and Saka got the ball, there was two or three men on them, which means that Saka should be able to find some space if that pass is correct because the other players ain't, ain't marked. Never saw that really. Couldn't. I, I was waiting for something to happen there, but didn't quite see that. So as much as Mikel was definitely depleted and there wasn't much from the bench, um, I expected to see something and I would have said, you know what? He's tried there. He's brought Bereth on, who's a striker playing for the under-23s and scoring. He's brought Eddie on. He's got Lacazette still on and he's actually brought someone on to, to try <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> to try and score some goals. So I sat there and thought, 
He's done nothing really. Um, he's brought Eddie on again, which I don't know what he's doing that for. I I I, I need someone to defend this because I I can't quite understand it. I'm going mad. I'm seeing this guy come on and do nothing. He found his level when he scored a hat trick at, Le- at Sunderland. They're in League One. He couldn't do it in a Championship opposition against Forest. He ain't been able to do it all season in the Premier League. I don't blame Eddie and Ketia now. Quite like the lad, really. He's a Highland boy, and he's tried on. He's come on, and he runs around with some intensity. But this manager is still bringing him on. So there's only one man to blame for that, and it's Mikel Arteta. Now, I don't put all of it on Mikel Arteta. A lot of people think I do. Um, I actually really don't. Uh, The reason that I am pointing the fingers over the top of him is because I didn't... uh, Sorry, Mikel Arteta didn't employ him himself. Uh, And Stan Kroenke employed him. Stan Kroenke is part of this process. Or Josh Kroenke, if you want to now say it's Josh Kroenke that takes over, I don't care. They both got the same surname. And they have put this process together which is clearly flawed um we've built some foundations that's fine um i'm with you craig i think the jury's out on ben white i see him exceptional at anfield and i see him play terrible again and we see a ben white and a ben shite and i need to see more of ben white because he's 50 million and i need to see more consistency from him and i'm not seeing that at the moment um but apart from that i would say most of the other players have been improvements in this squad so that's why i believe there's no more excuses with we need, you know, to give Mikel Arteta another four or five transfer windows. I don't care that we need more players. I need to start seeing progress. When the players do come back, we'll start to see how good his team is because it's so inconsistent at the moment. And it proves to me that seventh place is looking a lot closer than fourth, in my opinion. Oh, well, just quickly, um, one thing, Craig, on Isaac, because obviously he's a player that I do quite like. He's got, there's two things that worry me. He's got potential. He's 21 years old. I quite like what I'm seeing. I thought he was good in the Euros, actually, for Sweden, like you said, Craig. But actually, when I look at what he'd done at Sociedad, the only other good positive was that Erdegaard was behind him when he had a good season of scoring. So hopefully them two played well together. The other, the other two things that are not so going his way is one, he's not in form at the moment. Now, I don't watch La Liga much, but he's not. I think he scored five goals this season. Um, so he's not an informed player, whereas Vlahovic is. And the other kid that he really looks like and reminds me of is a player that I think is one of the most overrated English players of this current time, Marcus Rashford. I've seen two goals in two games and now everyone's getting excited again because he's going to be Terry Henry. He reminds me so much of him. So I hope that he's got more potential than Marcus Rashford, who's now 25 nearly and he's no longer a kid and has done nothing but do what Danny Welbeck does. So, yeah. I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. What Sounds like he get. fits right in to me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Harry, do you want to, we got any comeback? Have you got any comeback on that, mate? Or what on Isaac? Yeah. Um, Isaac's a player that I think he gives you loads and loads outside of the penalty area in terms of his technical ability, the way he links up with people. Very good crack carrier of the ball. Good dribbler. Quite Physical in the sense of he's a tall lad, but maybe could do with bulking up a little bit. Um, it would be a bit like the Ben White sign-in, in the sense of you'd be paying over the top because of what he could be, as opposed to what he is today. And I think that, you know, that's just one of the risks you take in the transfer market nowadays. Um, if you want to, sometimes you've got to take those risks and you've got to hope that you get more of them right than you get wrong. The big thing that's putting a lot of people off with Alexander Isak is this release clause which is rumoured to be £77 million, around about €90 million. However, what I would say is just because that's his release clause, it doesn't mean that's what you have to pay to get him. That's what Sociedad have put in place to protect themselves from having him pinched. But there's nothing to stop you going and knocking on the door and saying, here's £50 million, £60 million. Would you do business with us? And at that point, Sociedad are... Uh, well within their rights to accept the offer or to reject the offer. Uh, what the release clause means is that you can bypass that discussion by saying, yeah. go into the league, triggering that, like we did with Thomas Partey. We yeah. tried to negotiate. We couldn't get it the way we wanted it. So on the last day, we went and triggered the release clause. We accepted that we had to go that little bit higher and we got it done. But given the financial state of a lot of the La Liga clubs at the moment, I wouldn't be surprised if a bid of 55 to 60 million pounds brought Sociedad to the negotiation table, in which case you're not talking about such a big investment. Yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 I mean, surely, like you say, these Spanish clubs, you know, they're, they're in a lot of, I mean, even the Madrid's and the Barcelona's, they're skint, aren't they? Um, so it's a good point you make there about going in under the value. 
um, of the release clause. And obviously, it's trying to see if we can get some business. Another topic I just want to touch on just before we before we go is I was speaking to Dan about it earlier about D D Dubai. Lee, I'll come to you first. You know, people, some people, you know, including Dan, I'm sure he doesn't mind me saying it. You know, are unhappy that they're off to Dubai um, for 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 however many days it is um, that they're going over there. I mean, but this isn't a reward. This isn't a holiday. This is, you know, they're not going over there to go clubbing or whatever. I mean, they're going over there for I don't know what something I've never heard before. Warm weather training. Um, we're not the only club going out there. Uh, Newcastle, I think Newcastle, yeah, Newcastle are going out to Saudi Arabia to do the same thing. Um, but it's, do you not see that as a good opportunity, Lee, to, for a bit of you know, for a bit of for a bit of team bonding or? You know, it's been going there. a while, Craig. Like, you know what I mean? The team's going there. They used to go to La Manga and places like yeah. that. And now they go to Dubai. Listen, yeah. this this is not a reward for the for the for the FA Cup exit. This is this was planned because we've got a a, a week free coming up this week, like you know what I mean? Like that was all like for it all a winter little mini break when it like to have a week off. So that was what it is. They might they might extend their stay because they've not got the FA Cup. In there, who knows? Like, you know, what I mean, last year though, it, it did wind me up a little bit that they actually, when they was out of the FA Cup, they actually um, did go out there, and it looked like it was a bit of reward. But listen, you know, do they want to be dragged away from their families, going to Dubai, getting a bit of sun on their back, having a night? Like, I don't know. It's a little bit of a tough one, I think. Like, you know, like, listen, they're enjoy it. They can get there. You know. What 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 I'll say about if they're going to go out there look, when when they go out there training if you that, that what they'd be doing there is a, a lot of shadow play like this and this and that so there's a lot of standing around now you do a lot it's better to stand around in the nice warm sun of Dubai than freezing cold day over it and that's why they do it so there, there's there's advantages of getting things done I also think it'd be a great thing if we get a couple of signings they can have a like good training sessions over there and then get to know each other a little bit bonding and things like that maybe that's what it's all done for get the players involved uh and then have a, another week back at um back in london before we go against um wolves so i don't think it's a bad thing i know what dan's saying like you know i mean like the, the reward of after the fa cup but ultimately you know um it is because of um this little mini uh break winter break that I think most teams are having. I think Manchester United are already out there, aren't they? They went today. Most teams would be doing something like that, like you know. Basically, Dan, after next week, they should be at South End. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Sent them to Peter Plan's playground. Yes. But um, Dan, don't you think for some? I know, I know you, you know. People say things when you get upset. I'm, I'm the king of doing that. But do you not think it's come at the right time for some of the players? Do you not, you know, like you know, for the Sackers, for the for the Martinellis. I mean, they look knackered. Um, mm. is it, you know, I understand your frustration of, of, of a team going out to Dubai. I really do. Um, but like I say, I, you know, personally don't think it's, um, for a holiday is, you know, I, I mentioned some of those players that Ramsdale's white, um, Gabriel Martinelli, they, they look knackered. So could this be like a little, I don't know, could it be like a little blessing in disguise that they've all gone out there, you know, that they get to recharge. They get to sit down with each other. They get to talk to each other. They get to bond and they come back all guns firing. We'll find out, won't we? Um, when we take nine points at Wolves, Brentford and Watford. Um, and if we don't, then I don't know why they're out there, really. They might as well just stayed here. No, it was tongue-in-cheek what I said, um, if I'm honest with you. It was really frustration after the game. And mm. I thought, yeah, now they get to go to bloody Dubai. How nice. So that was all I was meaning. Uh, but you can't be tongue-in-cheek now on Twitter because people will just have you for it. So um, I think personally uh, it will do them good uh, for team bonding. I agree with Harry or Lee. I don't know who said that. But yeah, I agree with that. And I feel personally like it will be a situation where they'll get... Um, a little bit of a time for some uh, recovery because I do agree that I think Saka and Smith-Rowe and Martinelli still look leggy. Tommy Asu what definitely wasn't fit the other night and we saw why he didn't start yesterday. So some of these players have uh, played a lot 
which again comes down to there being a starting eleven in this side and not a squad. Um, and African Cup of Nations has just not helped that at all. So you'll definitely get some relaxation. They'll definitely get some recovery and some team bonding is always good when you've got a new team that's young. So I think that it will only be positives for a break now. I don't care whether they're in Dubai or in Jaywick Sands, personally. As long as they're together and, and training and, and bonding, um, that's what I care about because there's a lot to do, mate. There's a lot still to play for in terms of the league position. Um but it's going to get to a stage where I need to see some progress on the pitch. So when they come back, they better be ready. That's all I'm saying. Harry, fair yeah. enough, Dan. Sorry, sorry, Harry, just fair enough, mate. I mean, perhaps they should play. I, I might download that later on and see if I can get it to Mikhail Arteta, get them to play that in a dressing room. <laughs> you never know, mate. You never, you never know. You, you might be your, it might be your chance. Um, what's his name? James Corden in the England team. Oh, do you know what? I'll I'll take that. I'll take that any time of the week. I'll play. I'll play it to him individually as well. Granite Jacko will kick him out. Oh, oh yeah, yeah man. He won't, he won't like me. Granite won't like me. As soon as he walked in, he'll go. That's Dan Dan Potts. Get him out. He will. He will. He will, mate. He won't like me. He will like Lee because he sat with Lee and he was alright. Oh, yeah. He won't like me. <laughs> no, but like, yeah, I, I agree with pretty much everything the guys have said that. You know, it was it was already planned. Um, it's not something that's been put into place because they had a shit January. I'd imagine that there's probably some kind of commercial obligation there as well because of our relationship yeah, sponsors, with Emirates. Yeah. Um, you know, that brings something to the table as well. But also, like from a, a football, from a sports science perspective, as Lee said, going out and getting some sun um, in to, in your recovery, and a lot of these players need a recovery now. Is um is really important and is really key. Just to take it back to the Burnley game, like in relation to this, we talked at the beginning where I said that I didn't feel it was tactical necessarily. I felt it was as simple as we didn't always move the ball quick enough. We weren't sharp enough in some of our movement, sharp enough in some of our decision making either. And that little delay allows teams to get set, get behind the ball, and it prevents you exploiting spaces. So I think. That was the main reason for me why we didn't beat Burnley yesterday was because everybody was running on empty. And so I think that this has come at the perfect time. And I think, as you say, going away, getting some sun and having that time together to work on things and just be out of the spotlight and out of the heat for a little bit. Um, not not literal heat because there's the none sun, of that no. here, yeah. Going yeah. to Dubai would be the wrong place to go and yeah, get out exactly. of yeah. um, But just to get away from the spotlight of uh, of playing matches constantly and to have that recovery, I think is key. Um, but let's let's have it right. It doesn't mean that we're going to go there and come back as prime Barcelona. Yeah? So oh, absolutely. Let's get absolutely. that right. Absolutely. Quick question here from uh, Karen before we before we leave. Thank you, Karen, for your question. Um, if we don't get a striker. This is a quick fire answer. This one, we don't get a striker. Would you welcome back a Bamiang? Lee, I'd welcome him back, even if we do get a striker, because we 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 need all we all we can get. Mm. Do I think it's going to happen? No, I oh, think yeah. you know they've they've they're looking to sell him uh, and get him off the wage bill. I think if they got him off the wage bill, the uh, the Cronkies would be rubbing their hands because it's three hundred thousand pound a week that's freed up. Absolutely, Dan. I agree with Lee. I don't think that we're going to see him again in last little shirt. I think it is best to part ways with him and clear the wage bill so we can get mm. somebody else in. That's my honest opinion. I think that as what should happen. I don't expect him to see him uh, to see him in a Arsenal shirt. Absolutely, Harry. Yeah, completely agree. Um, yeah. I think he's done. I don't think he's coming back. And to be honest, when everybody's sitting there pointing fingers at the club for being short in the striking position right now, the finger should be pointed at him because yeah. he's the captain of this football club. He's supposed to lead by example. He's let us down. He weren't going to get away with it any longer, nor should he. Um, and, and the reason we're so short in that position and why we've had to accelerate this need or desire to bring a striker in is because of his ill-discipline. And let's not forget that. Yeah, and also his lack of form as well, Harry. You know what I mean? He weren't playing that well anyway. It's not like, you know, we've, you know, if he was scoring, like, say, 15 goals and this happened, you know what I mean, we'd be in a sorry state. He, he hasn't been performing. For for whatever reason, you know, and even if he come back, you ain't going to get fifteen goals or ten goals out of him. There, it just doesn't look like he's got that in him. So I think you know, cut the losses. I agree. And I, I, and I have to add to that as well, Lee. I just don't think he looks interested. I, I don't. I, no, I, don't yeah. think, I think. I don't even think he wants to be here anymore. I really don't. Um, 
he just looks so disinterested to me. And it, it, we we walk into another Ozil situation where he's got his big contract and he don't have to do anything to get paid. And also, so, as well, to, to add to all of that, right? When Pete, like, obviously, he's done what he's done at Arsenal. But, you know, you, you get sent to the African Cup of Nations early and the club explained the reason why he got sent was because we weren't going to use him. So he went to train and stay fit, etc. And he goes and takes a stop off in Dubai, goes out partying, picks up COVID and misses some really important games mm. for his nation. So he doesn't even yeah. care about playing for them. He, he's yeah, just yeah. They're out yeah, as well, aren't they? They're out yeah. as well now. Yeah, They've exactly. Got, you know, penalties. So, yeah, that's a great point Harry makes here. You know what I mean? Like... He's gone and parted in Dubai, you know what I mean? So, listen, I mean, I can remember, us, but time to go. Yeah. I mean, I can remember when the, the, the Dortmund fans were saying to us, oh, you don't want him, you don't want him, he's, he's a troublemaker. And we were all going, no, he's all right, he's all right, he's all right, old Aubameyang. You know, but God, how right were they? How right were they? Um, lads, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, sitting here with you again, talking about the Arsenal, uh, as we do every week. Um, so I'd like to thank Lee Judges for your time. Thank you very much, Lee. No problems. Always a pleasure. Never a chore. Thank you very much. Uh, Dan, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, boys. Absolute pleasure. I expected more popcorn me and Harry tonight, but I think we just got bored of arguing now. So, yeah, it's uh, hey, where look, it is, man. It's not, <laughs> it's, not about, it's not about who's right and who's wrong. Because at the end of the day, right, we're four normal supporters who ultimately want the same. Right, absolutely. Yeah, but it's just that I want I, I, you know, I'm looking down a different road than you, Dan. That's all it is. And Harry's yeah. looking down a different road, and Lee's looking down a Mate, different road. It's all love, man. You know, it's all love. I've seen podcasts, not Arsenal podcasts. I, I listen to a good few podcasts, and like I've, you hear people arguing, and you just turn it off. Just you don't want to hear it because it's like it's not. There's no substance to it. There's no context to the argument. Whereas you can come with your arguments and back it up. Harry comes with his arguments and back it up. And then you sit here and go, oh, you know, <laughs> they're both right. Do you know? So well, I, I, I have to agree with you there, Craig. I, I, yeah. like, you know, Harry Harry sees it a completely different way to me at the time. But when you, you he, do, he does make you think. Yeah. You know? He's making you think, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, Fair. I can, you know, I can sit here and back, you know, I can sit, I can sit here and back Nikola Tatla like I have done for so long, but that doesn't stop me going away from every podcast that we do, thinking, fucking hell, do you know what Lee's right there, or Dan was right there, or Harry, you know, Harry was right, or so. That's why well, I respect I quite, it because if you back up your opinions, then it's fair. Well, if you just say I think Arteta, Arteta's yeah. rubbish and you don't tell me yeah. why, or you think Arteta's the best thing since sliced bread, but you're not really going to back it up, then I don't really understand where you're going with it. But mm. me and Harry and Lee and yourself, Craig, have always said why we believe that to be the case, yeah. and I think that's why we respect it. And we never start shouting or pointing the finger or abusing people on social media yeah. about it. We just go about our business and give yeah. our opinions. That's what's. Different. I mean, look, we can we can all sit here and shout at the camera, like we could we could all do that. Do you know what I mean? But it's whether it's whether the people want to listen to you sitting there shouting at the camera. Yeah, the, other, I mean, the other thing is, once you've had a day to call off, you do yeah. see it differently to what you do. Yeah, hundred percent. You, know yeah. you know, like yesterday, you know, was I, I was down and all that, like you know, I couldn't even go home because I, I I didn't want to sit indoors on my own. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to have a few. Had a few beers, uh, stayed out and had a few beers. But um, you do see it differently the next day or, or the day after. You, you, you 100% do, you know. It's not all doom and gloom so much, you know. Um, and and you, you do take in other people's opinions. Do you know what? Do you know what? It's like, like if Harry would have, say, like, I met up with Harry after the game and he was saying what he's saying. I'd probably would probably off. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah, but you probably would because you don't yeah. really want to hear those scenarios. But once at that time, at that time, yeah, but yeah. like once you've um, once you've settled down and all, all that, you you you, you become more rational. Mm. I think what exactly. you do is you get you get upset and you want everyone else to be hurting the way you're hurting. I think sometimes people want it to all hurt and you're all like, yeah, absolute drive, and it doesn't work like that. Football. Some yeah. people are happy. Some people are sad. And that's the way it is. And you hit the nail on the head. Like, you're upset. You want everyone to be hurting the way you are. But then I want everyone to see <laughs> to see my vision. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We're, no, second. That's exactly we're second. That's exactly 17 it. points. Uh, sorry, we're second. Two points off. 17 games to go. Let's not fucking go too, too mad yet, you know? 
Yeah, no, absolutely, man. And and that's the thing, like people will always have different views and that's absolutely fine. If you make it, if you sit and you make a good argument, we'll always listen and we'll always have the debate back and forward. You know, it's, um, it's just, but that, that comes from us being friends as well. I think that's yeah, really yeah, important yeah, yeah. because yeah, absolutely. we're absolutely. friends first and foremost. And Podcast friends! Important. Oh, <laughs> friends! Well, you will speak to your friend with more respect, wouldn't you? Then you, you would. You absolutely you would. would. Yeah. That's, a, no, that's a, point. a great point. That's yeah, a great point. Good point. Another good point. People in the chat, thank you very much for watching us live. Thanks for uh, staying here and being with us. Um, we absolutely appreciate every single one of you. Thank you very much indeed. If you're listening on audio on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or any of those podcast outlets. Thank you very much to you too. Thank you to Nigel um, for keeping the chat nice and calm. Thank you very much, mate. Uh, much appreciated. Again, my thanks to Lee Judges. My thanks to Dan. My thanks to Harry. Until we see you again, take care of yourselves and each other. I'll see you tomorrow. Four men and a mic. Until then, up the Arsenal. Sports Social Podcast Network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.